0: How does a child cultivate an understanding of humanity? How do they learn kindness, empathy, and respect for others? Every individual must learn what it means to be human. And we know that early childhood is when this learning begins. We also know that it isn't what we say, but what we do that matters most for children. They model our behavior. Regardless of your role in a child's life, You help them learn to trust, explore, develop, and learn. There are so many ways your unique qualities matter for children. Your smile, sense of humor, the special sound of your voice, and the interests you share with children all contribute to how they understand the world around them. Everything they see in you and all the experiences and interactions they have with you significantly contribute to who they become. How you choose to be when you're around children, both your actions and your words serve as a model for how to be in the world. You consistently send messages that shape how children see themselves, others, and the process of learning. Children are watching us. They are following their leaders. I'm Judy Jablon, Founder and Executive Director of Leading for Children. At Leading for Children, we bring together all the adults who care for and educate young children to ensure their success now and in the future. For children, every moment counts. Today, let's talk about what it means to share responsibility for our young children and communities. I'm so fortunate to have in conversation with me today three friends and colleagues of many years and members of our LFC team. Let me introduce you to them. Nicole.
1: Hello, my name is Nicole Parks. I am the director programs at Leading for Children. Um, I am a mother, I am a grandmother, I am an aunt, a cousin, and a part of my community. And so very much see myself as an essential part of the adults who care for children and I will pass it to my friend, Serene. Hello, I'm Serene Stevens,
2: and very excited for this conversation. As Judy mentioned, I am a member of the LFC team. I am a program leader with LFC. Um, I am also a mom of three. My children are 20, oh my gosh, and yeah, and 17 and nine. Um, And I've been working with children for quite some time, and so I'm looking forward to this conversation and I will pass it
3: to Jonathan. Hi, I'm Jonathan Fribley, and I'm also a program leader with Leading for Children. I'm also a long-time early childhood educator, and um, let's see, parent of Ben and Gabby and Noah, and grandparent of Josie and Tegan, and hopefully good neighbor to many children who ride their bikes around the block and take apples from our apple tree. Judy?
0: Thank you all. This is very, very exciting to be with the three of you and for us to be thinking about what matters so much to all of us. So let's explore the first topic of this evening. Children thrive in relationships with the important adults in their lives. We know that these years are critical to children's development. Let's talk more about what that means. Who'd like to start us off?
1: I'll start. Um, I think as I think about this, one of the things that stands out to me the most that I want to hold on to and elevate is understanding that we are children's internal voices until they develop their own. And so, so much about how we are as adults, the things that we say, not only to children and about children, but to each other, when children are around, the ways in which we interact, it is really shaping the way that children see themselves, how they see themselves in relations with each other, and how they understand the world to be. And so with that in mind, I think what it means for us as adults is we are constantly modeling for children. And it puts the responsibility on us to not only be present in conversations to children, to really think about what are my actions and my words saying, and how is it going to shape this human's view of themselves and of others? And that's a pretty big responsibility, both as a mom, as an educator, but I think it's one that we have to have in our mind at all times.
2: So Nicole, it's it's funny, when you said the word responsibility, I was literally noting that that word was in my mind. Um, And before that, the word that stood out to me was relationship. And I thought about children and typically what I think many, many adults think about when they think about children and it's usually things like teaching children or um, raising children, or providing for children, or caring for them. But the word relationship is, it feels really important to remember, because we're in relationship with children. And when we think about relationships with like other adults, we're thinking about how to connect with them, and and, and that kind of dynamic with them. Um, And so I think I, I'm, I'm just thinking at this moment about what it means to be in relationship with children, not just like do these specific things like caring for them, providing for them. And, and yeah, I wanna continue to think more about that relationship aspect.
0: Let's dig a little deeper into that because I think you've just raised, um, both of you have raised really, really important and beautiful points. Um, so Serene, the, the point I think I just heard you make is we can do something with someone and we can take care of them. But are we really almost luxuriating in the connection that we have with them? Are we giving ourselves the time and space to really get to know who they are and and how they tick and kind of allow for the space, for, for the mutuality to unfold of two people, you know, a six-month-old or a two-year-old or a four-year-old to be a full-fledged being in relationship with me, the adult. Jonathan, I don't want to put you on the spot, but you always speak so beautifully about this.
3: I, I, I'm thinking about how every interaction is one of those moments of relationship that it's not only, as Serene said, it's not only the moments when you've decided to teach or the actions that you see as raising, it's it's the look in your eyes, it's the facial expression you give back, it's the noticing. And, and I wanna highlight that that's not just for the child, that's for us too. And, you know, I'm of an age now where my own children are grown from the home. And when I talk to people my age, I have yet to hear anybody say, gosh, I wish I spent less time really tuned into my kids. And instead, we remember those moments that really, um, they they might not have been anything monumental. They might not have been the um, the trophy. They might well have just been the time we sat together out on the um next to the pond and we're just um, luxuriating in each other's company. That's what I have there. That's beautiful.
0: Thank you for that. Um just jump in.
3: Well I don't know if this is for this question or the next one, but as we were talking Go ahead and just you know, say it. Okay. Yeah. I have a I have an experience coming to mind from when my oldest child was too. And we probably all have stories like this, but I, I just want to hold it up because, um, they're funny, but they're also powerful. I was building bookshelves and I'm not such a fine carpenter and it was kind of ugly. And I used some language really appropriate to making ugly, um, um, impressions on a bookshelf with a hammer. And, um, of course, it wasn't long after that, when my little Ben, of course, he had his little hammer, and he was taking that, and I won't put the language on the podcast, but he was hammering not only with great vigor, but, Nicole, he'd found that internal voice and turned it into an external one using my words. And that's not, I mean, that, that was funny at the time, once I went, oh my goodness, right? But it's not just those moments, of course, it's, I'm also showing him not just how to make bookcases in ang- in an angry mood, but how to be with other people, how to have a, h- how to have a difference with someone else and, and, and have that be hopefully a, a respectful one where our relationship grows and we feel closer rather than, um, feeling like, um, you know, the, that that something has severed our relationship. So all of those moments um, together, um, they make a life.
0: That was beautiful. Thank you for that. Um, earlier, I said children are watching us. They're following our leaders. You know, I think it's important for us to raise here as we think about being the important adults in children's lives that we know from the work at the Harvard center on the developing child that in these first few years of life the brain makes what is it a million new neural connections every second and this is you know our our genes are the blueprint for these connections um and the circuits are reinforced based on children's experiences those interactions with parents caregivers community members and and so we're always in a hurry and we're rushing from one thing to the next. And I think that for us, as four people with you know a lot of experience as family members and as educators, we have really great intentions. Um, your story is a great intention story, but it's the reality of everyday life. And I think that our conversation is an invitation to all of us to think about intention and to think about how, you know, we can make the most of these delicious moments.
2: So one of the things I got from that story, Jonathan, um, one of the things that really stood out to me is the thought that children are getting insight on how to be while watching us. They're getting insight on how to respond how to move in certain situations, how to, how to interact with, in this case, with tools and with that that process. And for us as, you know, as a as a parent, I think I understood, you know, and and, and now that my children are older, I really understand how I was their first person to give them insight on how to be. And a lot of times in LFC, we talk about the ecosystem. And so as their ecosystem expanded, right, they can crawl now so they can interact with more people and get further, you know, literally in in mobility and get closer to other people and interact with other people. Then when they go to school, right, their ecosystem expands. And all of these adults that they interact with are giving them insights on how to be. And so- Whew, that word responsibility comes back to me in a in a heavy way hearing that, even saying that um, and the importance of these adults, of us as adults who have the responsibility, whether we know it or not, whether we pay attention to it or not, that we are giving children insight on how to be.
0: Well, and often, without our knowing what we're teaching children, is not necessarily what we wanna be teaching them. So maybe this is a good place for us to think about, um, we've kind of laid the groundwork for this this early years being a time when relationships matter, giving ourselves permission to make those relationships real um, and important and we've talked about how we're, we're models for children. So let's unpack a little bit more about some of what the important things that children are learning from us in those first five years.
1: Nicole, I'd love for you to start us off. I think what comes to mind first and foremost is children learn what they live. And, so the daily experiences that children have with us, whether it be in our homes, if it's in the library in our community, whether it's in the grocery store, but every interaction they have with we have with them, they are learning something from that lived experience. And so I I make this very personal. Um, as you know, I have three adult children and one 11-year-old who thinks she's an adult. And when I think about all the things that I want for them in life, and the type of humans I want them to be, I have to hold on to that fact. Um, when I think about Marion Wright Elderman's quote, it's hard to be what you can't see. And I tell a story that my mom used to go, I can't believe you tell people that. When I was younger, I have two sisters. And I had a doll and my sister grabbed it from me. Now, my mom was doing her thing. She was you know, single mother, came in from work, trying to cook dinner, trying to make sure kiddos have homework. And my sister grabs my doll in the middle of that. And I turn around and I hit my sister and I snatched the doll back. And my mom looks at me and it stood out because my mom never raised her voice. In her frustration, she yelled, We do not hit people in this home. We are nice to each other. And me being who I am turned right around and looked at her and went, Well, you're not being very nice to me right now, are you? (laughs) And in that moment, it was this idea of if you want me to be a kind, gentle human who keep her hands to herself and is nice to others. I need you to model that for me. I need you to be nice to me. Now, in that moment, frankly, I was just sassing her back. But it was a perfect example of if I want to invite you to be this way, my response to you in that moment needs to mirror that same thing. And so I think about that a lot. And I do try to let that be the thing that guides me. And I don't get it perfect. And boy, my children are the first to let me know when I don't. (laughs)
0: You know, Nicole, fast forward to the present day. Nicole and I were in a conversation with some partners that are not educators, partners of LFC, and they were telling us that um, their nephew was visiting their home and they had talked with Nicole and myself earlier in the day and they were setting the table for dinner. And one member of the couple sort of got snippy with the other member of the couple in front of the nephew. And they thought of us and what we had talked about in terms of kindness and respect and empathy. And partner one whispered to partner two, you know, he's watching us. And they decided to smile and say, This TIFF we're having is so unimportant. And having a nice evening is so much more important. And they actually shared that story with us. And after that, I have been much more conscious at dinner time of keeping my snippiness to myself because the fact is that that dinner hour in everyone's house is, it's tough. We're tired, but it has such an impact on how we go to sleep, how we wake up the next day and having it be pleasant is so much more important than being right or getting your way. And so I think you were onto something there Nicole when you said mom you're not modeling it for me. Serene Jonathan what else are children learning from us in the first 5 years?
2: So so I think you know the the two things and I and I will I'm answering this question And thinking about what Nicole just shared in the story, two things came to mind for me. Um, Nicole, you said my children are the first to let me know when you talked about your own children. And I thought about my own upbringing where I don't know that there are the older people in my family who would be able to say that my children are the first to let me know because I don't know that um, their children were had the space to let them know. And you know, I'm tying that into this idea of what are children learning from us in the first five years? Well, I know that my children learned the things that I shared with them, like please use your words, please not your hand, you know, not your hand, um, walk in the house, right? please do not run in the house. I'm even thinking about children in the classroom. They're learning that from me and they definitely open their mouths to use it, to share it with me when I do it. So when I have that moment that I yell, they'll say inside voice, right? When I go to run, they'll say walking feet. And that's in the first five years. And I've heard My children, meaning my children at home and my students in school, share right back at me what it is that I taught them. Um, And it started, the other thing it started to make me think about is the adults who have said, who I've heard say, um, do what I say, not what I do, and how that oftentimes just didn't really work with what happens with children, because they definitely say both what you say and they definitely do what you do. And so that's what Nicole, your story had me
3: think about. So I'm just noticing that all three of the stories I just heard from, from you, Nicole, about with your mom and Judy sharing about some colleagues of ours and then Serene about in your house, you were all describing difficult moments. And I'm really struck by that. That in a couple of ways. One is that, boy, for sure, kids are watching them because, like, they know how to do the other stuff. What's What's hard for us is what's hard for them too. So, what do I do when I'm frustrated or disappointed or sad or? worn out, or, you know, all of the ways that make our days difficult. And and I think what I would do with that is to say that, you know, we are still human, and so I won't always get it right at mealtime, but I think there are a couple things that we can still offer children that are really powerful there. One is when we get it wrong, we can say we did, and we can talk with them about Um, how we hope to be, and that we, the the next time we're going to do better, and show them that respect, because then what are we modeling? We're modeling respect. And we're also modeling seeing ourselves as growing people, which is something, you know, I know I need to practice. And so all of those difficult moments, those are chances for us to try to be who we hope to be. It's easy to be who I hope to be if someone gives me a vacation to Florida and I'm sitting on the beach. It's a whole lot harder to be who I hope to be when huh, dinner's running late and we've still got four things to do before bed and I'm tired but that's when we get to try, you know, and 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 make mistakes and talk about that and try again.
1: I think what we're also talking about um, is related to children developing a sense of agency. And we know that that's important for all of us because when we own a sense of agency, we realize we have an impact. And so when we hold space for children to be able to use their voice and to exercise that agency in safe ways. Um, then we're helping them to develop that. And so even the example, Serene, when you were saying that you're not sure that you had space to be able to share with others in your family when something isn't done, I think something as simple as a child being able to say inside voice or a child being able to say that hurt my feelings when. And for the adult, to be able to respond to that in a way that is respectful and supportive. Um, I just feel that that's very important, especially as children grow.
0: Thank you so much for that. Such an important point. Let's move to the third question or topic for this conversation, which is it can't all rest on a parent. Or a teacher, that children's growth and development and healthy well being depends on all of us and on the concept of sharing responsibility. Who would like to get us started on thinking about the why behind that?
3: Well, I'd be glad to do that. Um... I think a way that I might think about that would be to use kind of a professional word and then the word we use every day. Uh, in early childhood, we talk about children growing up in an ecosystem, and what that means is it's not just the parents and the professionals that are paid to interact with them that um, that sort of hold them up, but it's, in fact, a whole network of people in all kinds of relationships and the word we use for that in a, in an everyday way is a community and so I, I I a way I like to think about this is to is to imagine who is in a child's community and you know who do we see as our children well I, and I think we all you know if you have children in your house you think of them as our children but who else do we think of as our children as opposed to their children whoever they might be okay and you no know, the kids in my neighborhood are they our children the kids in my community are they our children just the kids in the community where other people are sort of like me or the children in my larger community are they all part of our children and um I'd like to think that, that we hold these children together. And I'll, I'll share an example I, I heard from someone who actually was a, um, a, a researcher on child trauma and he was trying to describe what trauma didn't look like, what it feels like to be safe and trusting. And he talked not about being in a family, about being in a community, where that community shared responsibility. He talked about growing up in New York City and going off to kindergarten. And he walked from his um, home in New York City to kindergarten by himself. And when he reached the busy New York City intersection, what he had been taught to do was to wait for a grown-up and hold up his hand and say, would you please cross me? Well, that's completely unimaginable now, probably. But I think it's at least worth thinking about if that's the understanding that a child is walking through the world with. Well, first off, that child is going to feel safe. And actually, that child probably is safe because the grown-ups in that community have, in effect, agreed we're looking out for the kids. And so... You know that can happen in all kinds of little ways. I, I mentioned earlier that I like to think I'm a good neighbor for the kids riding their bikes around the block, and uh, and picking the apples from our apple tree. And partly that means that you know I I welcome them to do that, but it also means that I teach them how to treat an apple tree because there are ways to be in you know in relationship with this living being that matter, and so you know we take responsibility for the children around us. And, you know, I've shown you some, like some very personal kinds of examples, but this also happens, you know, this has like big consequences too. If I see the children in my city as my children, as our children, then, you know, I'm gonna vote for that school bonding bill and the kids are gonna get the new school to replace the old one, where they're still trying to get the rest of the asbestos out, and you know, so on and and, and so forth. And the children are um, they're cared for, and you know, some of that obviously is material. A new school building is a fine piece of material thing, but I go back to that child who is experiencing a community where, when they hold up their hand, they're going to experience an adult who sends them a message of safety, trust, and I'm looking out for you, kid. That just seems so powerful for anyone.
2: Wow, Jonathan, I, as you were speaking, I felt this deep sense of gratitude for that, that thought process because I'm thinking of myself, yes, as a mom, I'm thinking of myself as an educator. And the reality of it is, is that I don't have the energy to do it all. And so though I work with children or have my children here at home, I'm thankful for a community because I don't have the energy to, to, to do dinner, do work, and then go outside and watch you ride a bike. But someone in my neighborhood who I know may say, it's okay, let the children come out and I'm watching, right? That is important. And the other part is I also don't have all the knowledge. And so there are things that I would love for my children to learn, to know, ways that I want them to approach things that because they're watching me, I can guarantee you they might not learn the way because I still not learned the way. And so when there are people in the community who are willing to step in and recognize the impact that they have on children and, and want that impact to be something that is a positive impact, right? They want to show up in these ways that help children to grow um, and thrive. I'm thankful for that because I, I, I know that they can sh- help my children to be exposed, right? My children, whether it's in the classroom or the children that I brought into the world, right? Um, It helps them to be exposed to something that May be different from what I can expose them to. And I'm really grateful for that.
1: Yeah, Serene and Jonathan, listening to both of you, it it also reminds me of the importance of having that community because the community also creates a safety net of sort of sorts, because the reality is not one adult can be all things to anyone child. And so to actually use a phrase that you introduced us to, Jonathan, earlier this week, when the community sees children as common care, then the decisions and the way that that community, the agreements that they have in the way that they are, that they behave, that they interact with each other, um, the written laws that they create and support, and as and especially the unwritten rules of that community it is all centered around the children and i am reminded of the community that i grew up in and so um i grew i i grew up poor there's not a fancy word for that so we were lacking a lot however the way in which this community not only showed up for us but like throughout the community the way that the adults showed up for the children um we, as a group of children across our community, are probably some of the most resilient, stick to itness um, people that I've ever met. And because the community showed up that way for us, as this next generation of children, even though we are now in different states, when there is a need, whether it's emotional, physical, financial, in that small community, we show up for each other and mm-hmm. we're we're connected and we stay connected. And there are people that you could have not talked to them in 10 years. If something happens and you need them, they are there for you. And um, I went home in February for a family event and one of my teachers was there who actually taught all of my siblings and many of the people that were there. And when she came up and I said, Miss Washington, I can't believe you're here. And she said, Baby, where else would I be? And that is the community. And so when you talked about that, it is not only the children right now that benefit from that, but it is the children to come because that's how that community has been established.
0: Well, thank you, Jonathan, Serene, and Nicole for joining us um, in this conversation. As leaders for children, we know that. The first five years are critical. As I said in the beginning, children are watching us. They're following their leaders. And these years are so critical to who they become. The relationships we have with them are vital. They're learning so much from us. And if we can share the responsibility for their care and learning, they benefit and we benefit. So let's keep this conversation going. We believe that if we tap into the wisdom of all the adults who share the care of our nation's children, we can make a difference now for them and in the future. And we hope you continue to join us in this conversation. We hope you'll join our community and get to know more about Leading for Children, you can visit our website at www.leadingforchildren.org.